Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from the District Sports page on the line again after the Nationals dropped their sixth straight, 5 nothing today in AT&T Park. The Nats get swept in the four-game series for the first time since they were the Montreal Expos. Dave, I think the worst part of this, well, I should say I want to start with the good news. There's a new David Simon series on HBO tonight. The bad news, the Nationals drop four straight when the Pittsburgh Pirates sweep the Mets. They don't gain any ground in the division and head over to Colorado still four and a half games back when they could have conceivably picked up a game or two on the Mets this weekend. Yeah, you know, um, the Mets is in the good graciousness of losing three in a row to Pittsburgh, but uh, what good does it do to them if um, if the Nats are never going to win again? I <laughs> uh, had Joe Ross on the mound today to start it. He gave up six hits, four walks, and five runs in his last start before today, a four-and-two-third inning outing against L.A. He took the mound for the first time in AT&T Park, first time against the Giants with a 3-4-4 ERA, 3.09 FIP, 1.45 walks per nine, 8.70 K per nine, 2-2-6, 2-69, 3-16-4 line against in 49-and-two-thirds innings pitched, nine up and nine down on 35 pitches, but Gregor Blanco improved to eight for 15 in the series with the leadoff single. Uh, I can't read my own writing here. There, he scored on Brandon Belt's double to left, one nothing at that point. Hunter Pence got hold of a slider. It wasn't didn't break all that much and hit it out for a two run home run, three nothing at that point. A single by Kelby Tomlinson in the fifth, and he scores on a double to right by Madison Baumgartner, who later homered in the game, four nothing Giants. Before that, uh, Joe Roth out at that point. Really, just uh, as I mentioned before the game that the. San Francisco Giants report uh, broadcast team was talking about how Ross was just a completely different pitcher when he was going out of the stretch and just looked sharp the first three innings the second time around. The Giants really got to him, though. Yeah, you know, um, it's tough to throw a 22-year-old into into the role of trying to play a stopper. I mean, this is a guy that hadn't started above uh, double-A before this season, and now all of a sudden um, the Nats are hoping and the fans are hoping that um, that, that he can be a stabilizing force on this pitching staff, but uh, um, he's still very much a work in progress. He's a two-pitch pitcher right now, fastball slider. Uh, the changeup um, is not major league average. He's throwing it, trying to throw it a little bit more often, but still um, it's very much a work in progress. And when um, when he's forced to pitch out of the stretch, the, the slider becomes less effective, and um, and then all of a sudden he turns into a one-pitch pitcher. I mean, the, the, he hung a slider to... Um, to Pence, who crushed it. He hung a slider to Bumgarner later on, who crushed it. Um, you know, Ross has got a lot of talent, and, and he is going to be a very viable 3-4-5 um, type of pitcher for the Nats going forward. Um, but until he gets um, a third pitch that he can rely on, especially the left-handed batters, um, you know, he's going to have outings like this where he looks really good and then all of a sudden um he's going to give up a bunch of hits uh um he's going to he's going to look really good for a complete start and then he's going to look not as good um the next time out. I mean this is a guy that uh um that has a lot of promise but still is very much a work in progress and it's unfortunate that uh he's being thrust into so much of a spotlight at this point uh through the injuries the Nats have had through Doug Fister's ineffectiveness um, he's now in a position of having to produce at the major league level, um, and we're seeing the growing pains play out in front of us. 
might not have mattered what he did because Madison Bumgarner was just dominant on the mound today. Last time he faced the Nats on July 4th in uh, D.C., they jumped on him early, scored six runs on eight hits in five innings before they knocked him out. So I did note here that it was an 11 a.m. game in D.C., which is an 8 a.m. start for the left coasters, 13-6 and on the year before today, 3-1-5 ERA, 3-0-1 FIP. 236, 277, 376 line against, and 154 and a third. Five scoreless, one hit on 65 pitches. Six scoreless, nine Ks on 73. Seven scoreless on 87. Goes on to throw the complete game. Three hitter, one walk, 14 Ks of those 31 batters he faced. Uh, might not have mattered even if Joe Ross was dominant out there today, which he wasn't because Madison Bumgarner was well nigh unhittable in the series finale. Right, you know, Bum Gardner is is obviously a very good major league pitcher. Um, I did not see his last start in D.C. because an 8 a.m. Pacific time start. I, I was I slept through the whole darn thing. Um, <laughs> and and Gardner was sharp today. Don't get me wrong, but he was also sharp against the team that is um, that is in its death throes right now. I mean, it's uh, um, this is a team that, that didn't make him work all that hard for it. I mean, yeah, he threw. 112 pitches, but he was never in a position where uh, he was pitching in any danger. Only only two two runners, three runners, two runners reached scoring position today. Um, that is a not getting it done, and b not 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 forcing anything to be done. I mean, um, the Nets simply went through the bases today, um, expecting to lose, and and they did just that. I mean, give Bumgarner all the credit in the world for going out and throwing a very good game. I mean, 14 strikeouts shouldn't be discredited at all against a major league team, but um, but the Nats did absolutely nothing to help themselves out. I know Matt Williams is doing what he can with what he has to shake things up here. Uh, Michael Taylor, though, on top of the lineup, 0 for 4, 4 Ks on the day, just looked completely overmatched by Bumgarner, which most of the team did, to be fair, but... Uh, any chance you throw Jason Worth up there? All in fact, the only good thing he's doing right now is taking long at bats and seeing a lot of pitches. So why not throw Worth up on top? Uh, anything else you can do with this lineup at this point, other than everyone's favorite uh, solution, which is getting Danny Espinosa more playing time, which we talked about last night. But what options does Matt Williams have at this point? I don't think they're going to be bringing anyone up, in spite of our pleas for Trey Turner to come up until September at least. So there's still a couple of weeks that he has to figure out what he can do with this lineup and this roster that he has. Well, I don't know what he can do. I don't know what he's supposed to do. I mean, um, you know, Michael Taylor is not a leadoff hitter in anybody's um, even remotest um, uh, fantasies. I mean, he's a very he's a low on base percentage guy. Uh, he's got a very interesting blend of power and speed, but um, but but does not have very strong on base skills. So he should be batting seventh or eighth in a lineup. Just because he plays center field doesn't mean he's a leadoff hitter. Um, so putting him in the leadoff spot is putting the player in a position to fail, not a position to succeed. Um, outside of that, these are all veteran players. I mean, um, you know, Ryan Zimmerman, Ian Desmond, Jason Worth, Wilson Ramos. You know Escobar. I mean, these are all veteran players. I mean, even Bryce Harper at this point in his fourth season can be called a veteran player. Um, Harper is the only one, and Escobar with his batting average that are producing. I mean, uh, Williams's hands. Williams' hands are tied. Um, he's, they are tied by the fact that Jason Worth is not baseball healthy. He might be physically healthy, and, and, and his, his wrist might feel um, the, the pain might have gone away, and the injury might have healed. But he is not baseball healthy. Um, Clearly, by watching him at the plate, I mean, he just his bat is slow. He's not making solid contact on on anything. 
um, and, and he's doing nothing but making outs um, with the occasional walk thrown in the last few days. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman, uh, 10 strikeouts in his last 16 at-bats, uh, just, just flailing away right now. I mean, these are two players that the Nets, because of the contracts that they've been given, have to depend on these players to be able to produce, and neither one of them has produced all season long. Um, frankly, uh, they are the two biggest reasons why the Nats are failing this season. Uh, I wish I could say it is a surprise, and as I've stated many times on the show, I don't say I told you so, I told you so, and I don't like people who do. But we can go back to this show a couple of weeks ago when it was coming towards the trade deadline. The Nationals didn't pick up the batter, and we said they were taking a huge gamble here on. One thing, if you're getting Ryan Zimmerman back from a long layoff and trying to work one guy into a lineup and hope that he catches up and gets up to speed quickly, but you're working three, four people back in here, uh, Rendon, uh, Zimmerman, and Worth, trying to get them all back into the lineup and get them going at the same time. And, you know, to think that that's not going to have an effect on the lineup overall when you've got three people who are trying to get up to speed at the same time and are behind everyone else in the lineup, it's just you know, I don't know. We saw it coming from a mile away. Let's put it that way. I guess I have said I told you so, even though I didn't want to. No, I, I'm right there with you, and, and you're right. You and I um, on this program have said it all season long, is, is that um, these injuries aren't just um, a problem while the players are out. I mean, it was going to be a problem when they came back. I mean, Jason Worth has had multiple injuries on that wrist now. He's uh, 38 years old, and he is injury-prone and old. And that, that's a very bad combination. And he's owed $24 million for the next two years. Ryan Zimmerman is under contract to this team until 2019. He has had a plethora of injuries. He has been he has been out for over 20 games each of four of the last five seasons. Um, and then he can now be called injury-prone, and he's old. And um, and the plantar fasciitis is something that's not just going to affect him this year. Uh, it, it, it is, in a lot of cases, career-ending. Um, he is, on, on, like I said, on the hook for another another four years. Um, you know, Denard Spann still isn't back in this lineup. Anthony Rendon is obviously not right um, to see him taking some of the bats that he's taking, just flailing away at outside pitches uh, like he doesn't even want to be in the batter's box right now. Um, these are all huge issues, and, and as we approach the trading deadline, um, it, it was clear from anybody watching this team that the Nats needed a bat. They needed something to shake this lineup up, um, and what they did is they went out and, 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 and traded a, a negligible asset for a superfluous closer who has pitched five times since they traded for him in three weeks. I think five times in two safe situations, if I, my counting is correct there, which is you know, while you're watching Drew Store and implode, whether you want to connect those two, who I still don't. But I, still, they needed a bat. Everyone thought so. They couldn't find it, and they counted on these three guys coming back and getting back in the form as quickly as possible. And it just hasn't happened yet. The only good news, I guess, is that they didn't lose any ground either this weekend. They're still four and a half back, like they started the series in San Francisco. So. Luckily, the Pirates came through when the Nationals didn't. You mentioned Denard Spann. He was officially assigned to Potomac. He's in the lineup today. The Nationals are 35-24 and 24 with him in the lineup this season, 23-34 and 34 without him. So if you do the quick addition there, that's 57 games that he's missed so far. It's, I don't you – know, you want these guys to all come back and make a difference. Can Denard Spann come back and spark this team? Is one person enough to come back and turn around what's going on here? Well, they could certainly use his um, his going on base skills at the top of the order. I mean, you know, we've been through this the last couple of seasons detailing how the Nats' winning percentage changes when they don't have Denard Span at the top of the order. Um, 
the only problem is, is that with a back injury, um, it's hard to rehabilitate that. It's hard to um, to do to get back up to full speed without giving it lots and lots and lots of rest. And uh, I'm afraid that um, the, the time off that he has had has helped. And, and from all indications from reporters at the game in Potomac today, uh, said he felt fine coming out of it. But uh, but there were occasions where when he was active with the Nats, he said he felt fine, and then two days later. Um, had to sit out for two games. So um, hopefully the span gets healthy and can get back in this lineup and something can happen in September that uh, um, the Nets' fortune turns around. I mean, look, the Mets, the Mets aren't, uh, um, aren't a juggernaut here. I mean, they're, they're a flawed team as well. They played well. They got a really nice bounce from all the trades they made. Um, but they're still a flawed team as well. So um, they are catchable. But the problem is, is that um, – uh, the Nats aren't helping themselves right now. Obviously, a six-game losing streak um, makes things look even that much worse. Um, things are not trending well for the Nats, so they, they need some type of spark to, to to hopefully get this thing turned around. Um, you know, it, will it will it take a firing? Will it take Span coming back? Um, it, it's hard to say right now, but but um, um, it, it, it is doable to catch the Mets, but something has to happen for the Nats to turn it around. And right now, it's hard to look at this team and think what will happen. Ash Brown, free trade turner. If we're looking for positives from the game, and you know our motto at Federal Baseball is stressing the positives since August 2007, Blake Trinan gets three outs on three pitches after he takes over for Ross. Uh, six scoreless since he came back from the AAA when he got demoted down there. Just one hit allowed over that stretch. Back out for the sixth. 13 pitch, one, two, three frame, two scoreless on 16 pitches today. It's a dominant outing by him, and he's really looked sharp since he came down, uh, went down, and came back. Maybe, maybe like we saw with Drew Soren a couple of years ago, and we're seeing with uh, Blake trying to now that trip to Triple A might have woken him up a little bit and gotten him back on course, and had the Giants once again talking about him as a future closer based on what they were seeing out there on the mound. Yeah, and I'll give all props to Trinan for uh, for pitching well today, but. Um, have to question the decision, of course, um, of letting him bat for himself in the sixth inning when you're trailing four to nothing. I mean, um, he did a great job of, of getting Ross out of the um, out of the out of the jam there. But um, you know, it, it, at some point, um, you have to realize what's going on in the game and figure, hey, I only have so many outs. Do I want to waste it on a relief pitcher pitching or a relief pitcher hitting to get another inning out of him? Um, I just daily something happens on this team that makes me shake my head and wonder um, wonder how the decision-making process went to allow it to happen. And this is another one of those instances. 58-59 on the year after they dropped their sixth straight, get swept in AT&T Park. They have a day off tomorrow, probably much needed for everyone, fans included, before they start a three-game set in Colorado. If any place is going to get your bats going, maybe that's it for the Nationals, but we'll see what they can do. They dropped their sixth straight, as I mentioned. Frustrating weekend in San Francisco. Beautiful ballpark, but it wasn't nice to the Nats this time. Nats nightly sponsored by the district sports page and federalbaseball.com. Uh, at least there's a new David Simon show tonight, as I said at the opening. Talk to you tomorrow, Dave, or Tuesday night, most likely. Sounds good. Enjoy the day off, everybody. So I guess I'd go Nats. <laughs>